This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast. I am Randy Frisch from Uberflip. Usually I get to say that I've got Tyler Lassard joining me, but today Tyler's off on an executive offsite with his team. So it's just going to be a one-on-one between myself and Andrea Fryer. Andrea comes with a great background in content. She's you know lived the content marketer's life through many opportunities that she's going to fill us in on. But these days she's advising a lot of companies around the idea of how do you take a more agile approach towards content, towards marketing, towards everything that we do on a day-to-day basis, which you know, these days, if you're like me, you are overwhelmed. There's so many different ideas being thrown at you. In fact, if you listen to the most recent podcast we did with Robert Rose, he actually would have told you all about how to break up your time to handle all these competing distractions for our attention as marketers. But there's got to be better ways. There's got to be better ways to structure our teams. And I'm really excited to have Andrea here. Her company is called Agile Sherpas. Andrea, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us on Content Pros. You're very welcome. I'm looking forward to it. So maybe... Maybe for those who are just tuning in and don't know the term agile, maybe you can help us understand what that means, where it comes from, and how it's creeped into the marketing world these days. Sure. So there's a couple different permutations of it. We have like lowercase a agile, which is just a regular old adjective talking about being more adaptive, being more nimble, being responsive to what's going on with our audience or with our market. But then when we take it up a level and start talking about capital A agile marketing, this is really imposing a methodology, a particular approach to how we execute on our work. So this includes thinking about short-term experiments and then building on success and throwing the things out that didn't work, protecting the marketing team from external interruptions and continuously improving our process over time. So lots of really specific practices and tools that come in when we go into that capital A agile world. Gotcha. Okay. And and where does this term come from though? Because I mean, I often, and when we were getting ready for this podcast, I asked you like, did you have an engineering background? Because I always hear the term agile tied to development teams, but where, where are the real origins from this coming when we get to that more capitalized term? Yeah, it, so the software development world uh, gets credit for coming up with this first. Um, gosh, we're coming up on almost two decades ago that the original Agile Manifesto was written. 
and they were running into problems that are very similar to what marketers are running into right now, which was they weren't doing the right work at the right time. They were taking way too long to get things out into the market. There was a whole lot of waste in their world and they were trying to figure out a better way to just get their work done. And so Agile was born. A lot of it goes even farther back into the world of like, um, automobile manufacturing. So those folks, you know, trying to optimize their process and then we learn a little bit from them. And now we have the benefit of getting to learn from the software folks too, to make our version even better, even faster. I love that. And and it's funny. I mean, I got to know from you chatting beforehand again, that, that you're actually married to developers. So you've had this terminology. I mean, I feel like I have some similarities in my life They're Yeah. They're not quite as applicable to process, but, but I'm married to a social worker, a therapist. So, you know, sometimes I, I just have that uh, desire to, you know, go to that empathetic approach or the counseling approach to try and solve problems. So I think we can learn a lot from those around us. And, and I'm sure that's the case in terms of how you've brought this framework to the way you approach marketing with the clients you work with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I first sort of came to to understand what agile marketing really was, I was working in a software company where we were doing sort of at faux agile, like we were changing our mind all the time, but we didn't really have a system that was helping us do that well. So we just were doing that whole chicken with our heads cut off thing where we ran around after shiny objects. Um, not that anyone in marketing ever does that, but, uh, and so it seemed like we were already running in these short iterations. And so why not, adopt some of what I had heard my husband talk about the way that they ran their software team. It seemed like a much more uh, obvious and intuitive way to just get work done. So I find it interesting that you describe that scenario where people are running around with their heads chopped off. As a marketer, all of us can can sympathize with that, whether we're in that environment now or we've been there or we know someone who's stuck in there. And maybe you can help us with some some basic rules. You know, I always like, you know, a framework that's got rules. That's how my mind works. But what are some of the basic rules of an agile marketing setup that you need to embrace so that you approach that change and that ability to adapt without the concept of dropping everything you're doing to move on to the next project? Yeah. So one of the big ones is to stop thinking in these massive long-term uh, big bang campaigns where we pour a whole lot of time and resources into something that may or may not work. It's very high risk. And if it doesn't work, then we've we've lost a lot of time and, and energy from our team. And instead to start thinking about what could we do that's more like that minimum viable product or minimum viable content? What's the smallest thing that we could put out in front of an audience and see what they think of it? And then if they love it, we do more like it. We expand it, improve it. If they don't like it, we just throw it out and we're only out a week or two of work and time and effort. That's, that's great. It's funny. You know, you're making me realize that at my company, we're adopting some of these things. I don't know if we formalized it as the agile marketing approach, but uh, just, just last night, we were launching a new page for a product that we have. It's, it's more of like an AI add-on that we have. So we naturally needed a page. And it's funny because we were all caught up about this one actual extra module on the new you know, dedicated page, and it wasn't ready yet. It just wasn't polished. 
But what we took a step back and realized is we didn't necessarily need that to launch everything else that we had. So we had 80% of it there. We wanted this extra element, but there was no need to keep waiting because we could have already put out that new concept into the wild before we, you know, kind of put the extra 80% of work on the last 20% of detail. Yeah, exactly. There's there's usually things like that that you could that you could strip it down and get it out faster so that you're collecting data sooner. And it's a really important way I think to to break out of, you know, when we used to do those massive annual marketing plans and then stick to it no matter what. It just doesn't work like that. Things change too rapidly all around us and our audiences expect us to be more adaptive and responsive in real time. Yeah, one of my favorite books, I don't know if you've read it, but it obviously has a lot of correlation to this is The Lean Startup by Eric Ries, who's, yeah. you know, talks about that MVP, the minimum viable product that you outlined and and how is an organization, and this is whether you're talking marketing or, or putting product out there in the market, that we want to get something out to get feedback versus trying to over-engineer something, if you will. Yeah, definitely. The the lean principles are are part of sort of the agile mindset and that foundation that we have to to just shift you know it's a subtle shift in the way that we think about managing our work cool so i think i killed your flow we were talking about three kind of rules or guidelines right for for, you know this is what happens when we start talking about you know our worlds we we easily get off track which is why we need an agile approach i guess but uh you know maybe you can give us a couple more you know rules to to setting up our teams to to operate in this way okay so the second one i think is finding a way to limit the amount of work that you're doing in the short term so we can't do 20 projects at the same time we have to find a way to to hone in on the right work. And there's a couple different ways you can do it, either to set up sprints, which are the, you know, one to two week iterations where we say, okay, as a team, we're going to do X amount of work in the next two weeks. We're committing. And once we commit, nobody else is allowed to throw a bunch of stuff extra at us. We're just doing this amount of work and then we're going to see how it goes and move on to our next sort of time box. Uh, The other way is to think about what's called work in progress or WIP limits, which is much more as a content team, let's say we can only be writing two pieces at a time and only one thing can be in the edit process. One thing can be in design. So we place limitations on uh, the state of work and that's going to force us to push projects through to get them finished before we can start something new. So it's a more granular way of limiting your work, but you have to have a way to, to focus in. Otherwise, you just get overwhelmed with too much stuff. Yeah, again, to your point, I mean, a lot of these ideas we see in other departments in our organization, our engineering team very much commits to sprints here. Um, and as you said, they commit, you know, rain or shine, doesn't matter. They're getting that sprint done. If they got to work in the evening, they got to work the weekend. And that's where the planning for that is also has to be really realistic because you don't want those scenarios where people have to, you know, sacrifice their their own life. So what are maybe some tips staying within this second tip um, of of really structuring how that that sprint planning or that whip planning that you outlined, how that that brainstorm session happens like who needs to be at the table how often does that happen ahead of the sprint actually happening yeah so if you're running the the sprint cycles then you know every two weeks 
you would sit down and plan the work for the upcoming two weeks. And you absolutely have to have the people doing the work in that room and doing that planning because they're going to be the ones to say, no, that's not an eight hour project. That's a 20 hour project, you know, so we can't take on 20 of those. Um, so just to be clear were... in, in that scenario, let's say, let's say how someone had a marketing team of 20 people, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe on that, that team of 20, you've got three to four different managers. So would you recommend having all 20 stakeholders in the marketing org part of that sprint planning or more so just the managers? Definitely all 20 need to be in sprint planning. The okay. managers would be the managers would be getting together beforehand and making sure that their list of work, which in the agile world we call the backlog, making sure that that is set up the right way. So the right work is up at the top and the team can pull the most important items from the top there. So their job is to make sure that the team knows what the most important work is. And then the team gets to come in and say, okay, this is how much of that important work we can do and commit to. Cool. And for marketers, we really have to be careful about over committing because something else is always going to come up. Like there's going to be an emergency or, you know, somebody's head is on fire and they have to have marketing come and help them in some capacity. So either leaving some hours unplanned, just knowing that's coming down is really important or being willing to swap some work out. But you can't just keep adding is the important thing. Once you start, you can't add more work in. Something's got to come out if new work comes up. Interesting. And, and it's funny. I mean, I, I alluded earlier to the podcast we did with Robert Rose, the previous uh, one on Content Pros. The people can find it, contentprospodcast.com. And he actually talked about, again, not with the terminology we're using today, having 80% planned and 20% buffer. Right. So it mm-hmm. sounds like everyone's got to figure out that right balance. And some of that probably depends on what type of marketing leaders and other stakeholders you have in your organization to know what kind of things are going to be thrown at you on a regular basis. My team would probably say I throw way too much crap at them in the last moment. So <laughs> they may want more than 20 percent buffer with me. But uh, but absolutely, I think that's the right recipe. So before we take a break for sponsors, why don't you give us that third key rule for setting up? an agile marketing mindset on your team? Sure. So third one is probably the hardest, which is breaking down silos whenever possible within marketing and really starting to build up these more cross-functional teams so that we have the ability to finish a project from from A to Z without passing it off to anybody else. Because as soon as you introduce handoffs, then you are setting yourself up for potential delays and misunderstandings. And the more you can keep it inside the agile team, the better off you'll be and the, the higher your capacity for work will grow. But that can be really challenging for some organizations to do. Absolutely. Our, our VP of marketing here often t- calls it like a matrix approach in terms of how teams mm-hmm. function. And, uh, you know, we one of the frameworks I've always liked just in terms of running a business in general is to think about, you know, the business triangle, as I've heard it called, you know, people, process and technology. And, you know, the, the tricky part there is that sometimes, you know, you don't you have a weak point on any of those three, the whole thing kind of crumbles, right? But when you have strength on all three, and we know triangles are the strongest, and then all three work really really well. So one of the things that we've done is we've actually recently turned to a piece of technology. We're using a solution called Workfront here to help us 
better align, you know, the that cross matrix dependency of the different groups? What are some of the ways that you've seen people handle that either at scale or in a very hacky way? Yeah, so people can adjust based on audience segments or personas, right? So we have a, a group that markets to this particular persona and they do everything for that particular persona or what point of the buyer's journey are they at? And then they get to be real experts in that sort of niche of the marketing uh, function within an organization, which can be really powerful. Um, and it also allows people to maintain their special skills because we don't want to lose that in a marketing context. You know, there's the ideal sort of agile uh, software environment is where everyone's a developer and you can hand off work to anybody. Anybody can pick up a project at any point. And in marketing, it just doesn't really work that way. We want people who are experts at writing. We want people who are experts at designing, but we just have to start uh, upskilling, you know, and having people learn what they could do to help expand their skill set without losing their specialization. So I guess that's sort of the hacky way to do it is just like, teach your writers how to use Canva or something so that they can make their own blog graphics, for example. Um, and then there are certainly the scaled way where you have, you know, quarterly big room planning, everybody comes together and talks about big picture strategic objectives, and then everyone goes off and executes with these big, you know, scrum of scrum meetings where we all cross coordinate and, and it can get a little complicated when teams get big, but it, it really delivers more work and at a higher quality and it keeps you really focused on the audience so it's it's totally worth doing that's great advice so we're going to take a quick break here from some of our sponsors here on content pros and we get back we're going to take this to the lens of content marketing and see what that means for us as content marketers right back here on content pros Hey everybody, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert reminding you that Content Bros is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you can create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com pros, uberflip.com pros to find out how you can be a content pro by showing your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my friends at Vidyard, the new generation video platform that helps you unlock the power of video today. Love, love, love Vidyard. Use it all the time. Super easy, interactive, personalized video experiences. You can boost your online conversion rates, track the true performance of your video content well beyond the view count. Visit vidyard.com today to see how you can use video to deliver better results across all of your marketing programs. Also wanted to let you know some super exciting news. We've just launched a brand new podcast, a companion to Content Pros. It's called Experience This, an unbelievable show all about customer experience and the brighter side of how companies interact with their customers. It's hosted by the amazing Dan Gingas and Joey Coleman. It's at experiencethisshow.com, experiencethisshow.com, or find it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. You are going to love it. Each week has several different episodes, lots of multimedia, really interesting show. It is going to be a barn burner if you like content pros, you're going to love Experience This. Give it a listen, won't you? Thanks, as always, for listening to Content Pros. Now, back to the show. 
We're back here on Content Pros with Andrea Fryrear, and we've gotten now a really good framework for how to think in a more agile mindset so that we can adapt, we can take on work, take on the right amount of work, but continually iterate as we go through that. And you know, as you hear all these ideas, they obviously apply to everything we do as marketers. In fact, we just talked about that matrix approach that's needed across different groups. But as content marketers and those of us who are focused on creating content, I think this idea, Andrew, rings really true in terms of that need to continually produce more and more content. I mean, a, a lot of people say their their biggest challenge is that every week's a new week where they got to create more, but they also want to improve. What have you seen in terms of people taking this framework to content marketing? So I love, I love the iterative approach that it lets us do with content. So if we have a piece that's really successful, that we can go back and expand it, revisit it, do more with it so that we're not always on the, you know, content hamster wheel where we have to do more, 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 more. We can actually build on things that have been proven to be successful. And we can also build into the process going back and looking at you know, taking the time to go back and examine what we've done for the last month. And you can discover these sort of hidden gems that you didn't know were doing quite so well when all we're doing is trying to hit publish again and again, then we lose those opportunities. So just a question for you, and I don't I don't know if there's going to be a right answer here, but we have a number of different people who come on this podcast, and some of them subscribe to this idea that, and they're very excited about it, that they have their content calendar planned out for three months out, right? They know what they're going to create, you know, if it's beginning of October, they know what they're going to create through to the end of December of the calendar year, and they've got it in a calendar, the whole team is bought in. But in theory, that may actually go against this agile mindset, right? Because, you know, by doing that, we're almost planning too far out. Would you agree or disagree with that? I think it depends a lot on your context. So if you are confident that that's the right content for you to create for three months, then, you know, by all means, go for it. But I would say that the planning needs to remain flexible. So if, you know, if something does take off, then you need to be ready to to adjust what you're working on. Um, yeah, I mean, Agile is not anti-planning. It's more like a series of iterative short-term plans so that we can make these micro adjustments. It's like driving a car, right? You don't just set the cruise control and then go when you know where you need to go. You make adjustments, adjust your speed, go around cars, do turns. Like there's lots of little things you have to do on the way to get to where you're trying to go. And I think agile content is that way. We know where we're trying to get, but we're going to need to make these micro adjustments as we go along. I like that. I, I like that mindset. Can you tell us maybe about, I, I know some of the companies you work with and you train on these ideas may like to remain anonymous, but maybe help us walk through a company that you came into had some frustrations, some of the things that you changed and some of the outcomes that they were able to look back on. So essentially give me a case study that's worked really well where you've been involved in helping change the way they approach their content creation. So my favorite story about this is really when I first discovered Agile Marketing. And so it was really my team, my content team that I shamelessly experimented on um, when I was first learning about all of this. But we were responsible for, I mean, like most content folks, you know, not only blog posts, but white papers, case studies, helping with email and all that good stuff. So we would commit to our 
um, backlog to our two week sprint backlog. And then we would very politely push back on people and say, you know, I'm sorry that that I can't take on this piece of work, but I'll put it right in the top of my backlog and it'll come in in the next two week iteration. And after we did that a couple of times, people learned that that's how you dealt with the content team. And, and we met our deadlines and we were very respectful and people's work was getting done. And we were able to, we were writing 200 pieces in a year um, with a very small team. There were I think two or maybe three of us at that point, you know, 200 articles, we were running like 1200 words. They were nice, high quality, well-researched and still supporting the rest of the organization, you know, doing all the, like I said, emails, case studies, all that other good stuff. Um, And none of us were working overtime or going crazy or any of that stuff that you typically hear about when content teams are the short order cooks of the organization. How, what would you say the key is in this model in terms of getting buy-in at a more executive level? Because I think for the example that you just described, you start to get the, the people in, in the trenches who are asking for these requests. It could be a sales team who needs a piece of content. Uh, it could be you know an extension of your marketing team that's you know, launching a product and needs some content created. But you know, ultimately, I assume this is best when there's buy-in from the executives in that organization. And maybe you can talk about a scenario that you've seen where that's been done really well, either at the outset or over time. Yeah, um, it definitely works best when you do have that upper level of support because giving the process lip service is very different than actually allowing people to go off and execute it in the long term. But I've been really surprised, especially lately, how many people who are VP level, CMO level are the ones initiating this type of transformation. And a lot of it for them is stemming from the need for innovation. So they don't want to just do the lather, rinse, repeat, same old type of campaign that we do every fall. We're just going to recycle it and redo it and hope that it works. They're looking to, you know, forgive the cliche, but to like break through the clutter and to make an impact. And Agile lets you do that. And so that's for a lot of the upper level folks, that's the sort of in is to say, you know, this is your... This is your way out of the cycle of just doing the same old stuff. And this is the path towards doing something really amazing that's going to get you better results from marketing. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I, and I think especially with a lot of the trends that we're seeing out there these days around the need to create content for not just our website, but content for, you know, perhaps some of us are doing an account-based approach or just needing to personalize more and more. We need to be able to be responsive in the moment. And I think, you know, to your point, a lot of that mindset is even starting to creep into our executive team. So maybe those are some of the, the notes to hit them on. So before we start to wrap up here, one of the things I'd love to understand is how you get involved in terms of uh, Agile Sherpas for helping companies adopt this type of mindset. Yeah, so we work in a couple ways. Um, the most effective is usually coming in as soon as the maybe we should go Agile conversation starts to happen so that we can provide a really uh, firm foundation and a shared understanding for everybody in marketing of, of what this actually means for them. Uh, because adopting the agile approach in marketing is a little bit different than doing it in software or in project management. We have different idiosyncrasies and we tend to break traditional agile methods pretty easily. So we come in and help 
everybody understand what their options are, what the next step can and should be. And then they can either kind of go off and start working on it on their own, or we'll do a really customized rollout with people. So we'll sit down and build those cross-functional teams, help construct the first backlog, sell it to the executives a little bit, train them on how this is going to work, on how they should interact with the teams. And then if they need ongoing you know, coaching, we do that as well. So we can be there from start to finish. And oftentimes that helps people get there faster. But some people want to you know, work through it themselves, and that's completely fine. Too. Very cool. And and if people want to learn more about your approach, what's a good spot to kind of, you know, go online or, you know, find your own content on this? Where would people head to? Uh, I'm at agilesherpas.com. Lots and lots of really nerdy agile content out there and how this works for marketers. Um, we have all of our workshops outlined there too, if anybody wants to take a look. That's great. That's great. So you don't get off that easy though on content pros. We always like to get to know a little bit about <laughs> our guests, how they got into this role. So I was creeping you a bit on LinkedIn and, and one of the things I'm always curious is what did someone go to school for and then what did they end up doing? So let's let's go back to like, you know, I, I see everyone can see on LinkedIn that you went you went to Austin College back in 2000 when you went there what type of career did you have in mind Uh, I thought I wanted to be a college professor so I have an English degree and went on you know did a little bit of of higher education stuff and then realized that was not a good a good fit for me at all okay well much happier you're still teaching at the end of the day you're just doing so in more the modern classroom which I guess is the the new post-secondary type of education we all take through through learning at work and advancing our careers you know that's a good point I uh I hadn't really thought of it that way but I've come to sort of full circle there. There you go. All right. And then we're going to really tone it down to when you're not working, when, you know, when you and your husband are both not living on two week sprint schedules. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What are you watching on Netflix these days? What's keeping you entertained in your free time? You know, I'm really sad that Game of Thrones is over. That's like my, my sort of big TV addiction, but uh, we have two small kids and I travel a lot to visit clients and I am also a volleyball addict. So I play volleyball here in Colorado. And so really whenever we're not doing those things, we're really sitting down and like, so I remember you, aren't we married? Like having that conversation of just remembering that we, we actually have a life together. So we spend, we just try to spend time talking, which is sometimes hard. Yeah, to absolutely. It's, it's funny. You, you know that you don't have time for TV anymore when your own Netflix account starts having kids shows popping up because then the kids are just taking yeah. over their own account and your account and, you know, life's. Life's getting confusing, but uh, you know, Andrew, this has been a ton of fun. I, I think everyone will hopefully walk away with a new way of thinking about hitting timelines, you know, staying low on their stress levels and managing, you know, both the grind and the opportunity that it is to be a marketer, uh, you know, today. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as Andrea mentioned, if you want to learn more, you can check her out uh, and check out, I believe it was agilesherpas.com. Is that right? Perfect. That's right. And if everyone's enjoyed listening to this podcast, we've got lots more episodes for you. You can go to contentprospodcast.com. Content Pros is part of Convince and Convert, where Jay Bear has a whole bunch of other great podcasts from Social Pros and other ones, as well as a whole bunch of great content marketing courses for you to take to learn how to raise your game. Until next time, we hope you'll continue to, to tune in. We're Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. And next time, I hope to have Tyler Lissard back with me. Thanks very much. All the best.
This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com. Convert.com.